0: Hello, and welcome to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human, and this is the Borderline Brainwashed episode. I am so excited because this is my first ever solo cast. It already feels very intimate getting to talk to you all one-on-one. One year ago, on August 3rd, 2021, I released a book titled Borderline Brainwashed. For these solo cast episodes, I'm kind of playing it by ear, I might share what's going on in my life at the time or my thoughts on a certain topic. For this one, I wanted to talk a little bit about what the book is about, my writing process, and then the aftermath of the book launch. Borderline Brainwash is partly a memoir, mine, and partly a call to introspection and openness. I've been describing it as an invitation for all of us to reevaluate our beliefs even the subconscious ones that we're unaware of. The book is structured as a collection of personal stories. I share examples of how dissecting various beliefs I held about myself, others, and the world just brought about a much truer version of myself. If you're interested, you can order it online from Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, or if you're in LA, a local bookstore in Los Feliz called Skylight Books actually carries it which was a total dream, by the way. That was a really special moment for me, getting to see my book in real life, just hanging out for sale on one of the bookshelves. Super fun. I wanted to share a little bit about my writing process. First of all, this was my first book. Still is my first book. Have yet to write another one. Maybe one day I will. So I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I would listen to podcasts about how to write a book, 101, I would Google how to write a book. I googled how many chapters should a book have, should, quote unquote. I don't like that word, should. (laughs) And a lot of that research was super helpful for me. But some of it started to become unhelpful because I was so hyper-focused on the way things have been done before that I was starting to drift a little bit into an area where I wasn't letting my soul lead the way. I was letting my head lead the way and I would get stuck in my head a lot. In my head, there would be thoughts like, imposter syndrome, who are you to write a book? You suck as a writer. You know, that sort of thing, (laughs) which is highly unhelpful. But when I would sit in my heart energy and just allow myself to open up and be in flow, not really be thinking about the words I'm writing and just letting them pour from my soul, That's when the magic would happen, and that was part of the writing process that I absolutely adored. I would say the number one thing I learned in the writing process was along the way, I was seeking validation. I would write a chapter that I thought was great, and then I would send it to someone. I would be terrified of what they would think, and then even if they said something good, I would be like, you're not jumping up and down, throwing me a parade, saying that was the most amazing thing you've ever written before. (laughs) And I think sometimes it loses the magic of it a little bit when I would show people. Um, So I just had to learn to really affirm myself along the way and not look for external validation in the writing process. It is a book, right? So if I were to give you five minutes of a movie that is two and a half hours long and say what do you think about this you can't really get the full experience so next time if I write a book again I think my process would be get an entire first draft out and then sure ask feedback from people but it was getting feedback from people in the interim that I found to be kind of a hindrance The other part of it is getting feedback and then not necessarily taking all of their advice. There could be things that an outside perspective says about your writing that is something that maybe you didn't see. I mean, obviously like grammar and punctuation, but when it comes to the content, I think it's important to take those suggestions into consideration, hear them out, and figure out what you want to do with them because there were some things people told me and I could feel it in my body that no, that's not the direction I want to go. So biggest lesson I think was just trusting myself and it's hard to trust yourself, especially with something that you're doing for the very first time. But also at the end of the day, like this is just a creation. I've become much, much less critical of anyone's art after writing a book, because when it comes to art, different people are going to pull different lessons out of it. They're going to have totally different experiences with it based on the lens that they're reading it from or looking at it from. So you kind of have to take in that feedback with a grain of salt. Now, as far as the internal writing process went, I went through I think, five different titles and probably 100 different subtitles. And when I set out to write this book, I didn't really know what it was going to be about. I know that doesn't quite make sense, but it's true. I knew I wanted to write a book. It was 2020, the pandemic happened, and it got me thinking, all right, I've always wanted to write a book. Am I going to say I want to write a book for the rest of my life, or am I actually going to sit down and do it? So I flew to New York and went on a solo vacation with the intention of starting a book, and I literally didn't know what it was going to be about. I had a loose idea, and that loose idea ended up not being what the book was about. (laughs) I wanted to write something that would encourage people to peel back the layers of their environments and upbringings, because I think once we kind of come out from under the weightiness of a lot of the beliefs that we hold, we'll find our humanness at our core and our true selves will emerge. So the way I kind of structure the book is through examples of personal stories of times when I was so confident that I was right about something and then later found out that I was pretty far off base. For example, a belief I had about myself was that I didn't like avocados. And I believed that for about 22 years. If I ordered food anywhere, I would always say, like, no avocado. It was a known thing amongst my friends that I didn't like avocados. And then when I moved to California, avocados are literally everywhere on almost everything. And I kind of had to confront that belief and say okay, maybe I'm wrong about this. Like, to be fair, I haven't given avocados a fair shot. So over time, I started allowing myself to try a little bit of guac, try a little bit of avocado on a salad, whatever. Not to be a total millennial, but eventually it became one of my favorite foods. And that got me thinking, like, how many other beliefs do I have about myself that I don't even realize that I think are true, but are actually false? And just that tiny shift brought about a more enjoyable life. It opened me up to so many more dishes I could try. I started researching what these beliefs are and looking a lot into limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves and others and the world. So avocados is a very small scale, but Borderline Brainwash is about my journey really taking the layers off of my environment, my upbringing, and asking myself, what do I actually think about said issue, whether it's political or religious? And I started to dissect almost everything. So the point of this book is encouraging change and growth. I think change can be scary, especially when we have to disagree with ourselves. It's hard. It's not easy, yet it's incredibly worth it. I wasn't planning on titling it, borderline brainwashed. When the title came to me, it was such a strong intuitive knowing that that was the title. I was not planning on calling it that. I was planning on calling it something kind of uplifting and positive, like um, evolving into your true self or something like that. And then I remember I was in my room Meditating or just being quiet, being still. I was wrestling with the writing process. I was kind of hitting a lot of blocks and not really knowing where to take it. I don't even know, but I just kind of got the title Borderline Brainwash. Like it just came to me. And I instantly started bawling crying because I was like, one, that's it. That's the title. I know that that's the title. And then two, I was like, oh, fuck, that's the title. (laughs) Like, this is a book that is going to be impactful to the people it is for. It's going to help share with people that they're not alone. And the people who are not ready for this book, it's going to disappoint them, make them upset, And man, I was struggling with that because I am a nine on the Enneagram, and that is like people pleaser 100%. So, or not people pleaser, peacemaker, which has some people pleasing in there too, of course. So, as a peacemaker at my core, that's not what I wanted necessarily but it was what i knew i needed to do where it was like a purpose of mine which by the way the title is the most like is easily the most provocative thing about the book like the whole book is extremely gentle and kind and every word is doused in love for sure so just want to throw that out there but when this borderline brainwashed title came to me it was like that is the title buckle up <laughs> What's wild is I probably learned the most during the aftermath. So after I released the book up until now, like this past year, this past year has been like exponential evolution. And I think a lot of that had to do with allowing myself to feel a lot of emotions and let myself grieve my old self. I went into a total grieving process. I am not a mom, so I definitely do not, I have not experienced postpartum depression, but I would say that my, that what I went through after the book launch was my form or my degree of postpartum depression because I had spent a year birthing and growing this book baby preparing for it to become released into the world and there's just an element of nothing could prepare me for what it was like to release this creation out into the world than just actually having it released into the world it's like so permanent there's not a going back button (laughs) whatever I wrote in the book it's out there and that scared me more than I thought it would I think that's probably because the book is pretty vulnerable. I went through this extreme transformation where I deconstructed from Christianity and am now in a space where I'm not a Christian anymore. And it was so vulnerable to share that and slightly embarrassing because it was like I was known as this conservative Christian and then to have that loss of identity that was who people expected me to be and now I'm not that anymore. I- I'm just me. So just letting the book sit after it was released, it was like every single emotion of losing the identity of who I was, grieving that things are never going to be the same, losing religion and church. If there is a loss of how the things were before. It doesn't mean that where you're moving next isn't going to be even more life-giving and joy-filled. Going through that grief and shedding a lot of those layers of who I was, where I'm at now is I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like, I'm so happy it all unfolded exactly how it needed to. I'm thankful for my journey. I'm thankful for every single step of the way because... It just makes me appreciate who I am. The freedom I have right now to be myself unapologetically is unlike anything I've ever felt before. The amount of confidence that I've been able to step into and self-love is a whole new world to me. All unfolded exactly how it needed to unfold. Another thing with releasing a book is the reader has got to be in the mood to read a book. Like it's kind of takes a significant amount of effort to commit to reading it. And people have busy lives. Like, it might take a few weeks, a few months, a year even, to, like, sit down and actually read the book. And that was just something, naively, um, that I was not expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. Like, I guess I was expecting all of my friends and family to read it, like, the weekend that it launched, which is a very unrealistic expectation I realize that now my expectations were actually not monetary like I wasn't expecting to sell any certain amount or didn't really I just I did not really have a lot of expectation expectations. sorry I didn't have a lot of expectations when it came to how many books I sold um so on that front I actually was extremely pleasantly surprised like I sold like way more than I ever thought and The book launch was extremely successful. Everything went great. I just received a lot of love and a lot of people were sliding into my DMs saying how much like the message resonated with them and connected with them. Everything kind of went perfect. Everything kind of went amazing. That said, I just had expectations that I didn't even realize were there. I was expecting all of my friends and family to read the book super quickly which a ton of them actually did and that was super kind of them. Now, I have so much more like compassion and understanding for why that was an unrealistic expectation to have on my friends and family. It's art and sometimes the people who are going to connect with the messages that you're saying, they might not be your friends and family. And that's totally okay it's like if somebody writes a book on if one of my friends wrote a book on how to be the best baseball player you can be I'm probably not going to be chomping at the bit to read that because it's just not really calling to me like not something I would gravitate to so it's just the same way it's like I had to learn to separate other people's reactions Um, I had to separate that from me. Like, it's not a personal attack on me. It's just what it is. It just, it is what it is. Like, some people like Marvel movies. Some people do not like Marvel movies. I mean, it's just a taste thing. What's so fascinating about creating art is sometimes you evolve past what you created. So even though it's only been a year, there's already parts in the book that I wrote that I don't necess- I wouldn't necessarily write in a book today, <laughs> which is so wild. Um, not nothing that I'm ashamed of or embarrassed about or anything. Um, I'm really proud of the book. I think it's great and recommend it. But it's almost like when you're five years old and you draw a picture of a sun. Two years later, you look back on that picture and you think, Oh, I would totally draw the sun differently now. That's what's really beautiful about art is the artist is changing constantly. And so over time, their art evolves a little bit. Anyway, I think I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I will say getting to launch this Breakfast for Dinner podcast has been such a phenomenal experience because I got to go in with zero expectations just doing it for fun and because it's something that makes me happy and something that makes me feel so alive and gives me something to look forward to every day. I love editing. I love the process of editing. I know I've only been doing it for a month now, but I have thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. I feel like I can talk about whatever I want and whatever feels authentic to me and it has been the most freeing experience so thank you thank you for listening um again I am loving this solo cast because it just feels really intimate like I'm talking to my best friend about this or something (laughs) um so thank you I really appreciate you listening I hope you've been enjoying the episodes um definitely would love any sort of feedback check out my website sarahthehuman.com or you can dm me on instagram it's sarah the human with three n's because sarah the human with one n is already taken and i dm that girl and asked if i could buy it from her and she said no so little bitter about it but uh, anyway um yeah dm me your ideas for a solo cast or if you you know prefer the guest like i just want to hear your feedback because it's good data to have. I think that's all. I don't really know how to end these because usually I say bye or thanks so much for coming on Breakfast for Dinner. So I guess I'll just say bye. Bye!